Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to CHGO Bulls Post Game, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Big Dave, he is at Bow BAWL Sports. Joining us in the magic bubble, it's our guy, Mark Karanzolis, hanging out with us for post game. Uh, follow Mark on Twitter at MK Hoops, our producer, and our pal Joey rocking with us. Here in Studio B, B. Uh, Bulls fall to the 76ers. 114-109 is the final. The Bulls fall to 3-4 and four on the season. Another game in which the Bulls get down big early, yeah. claw their way back. Yeah. Game is there for the taking. Yeah. Embiid hits a monster three. Yeah. Bulls cannot respond at the other end on the ensuing possession, getting two shots at it. Mm-hmm. You get DeMar driving. A lot of contact, no whistle, ball rims out, ball's going the other way. Alice Caruso, superhero to the rescue, pickpocket, steps up, settles, takes a three, three doesn't go, Sixers ball, game over. Wow. Roller coaster. Sorry, Pat, I know that's a trigger word for you, but roller coaster. <laughs> um, gentlemen, I mean, where where to begin? It, it was a similar script for the first, all of the quarters. Yeah. And uh and unfortunately the result was the same as well, Dave. Same result, same sadness. I'm gonna crack one open here. Oh, Another man. one. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, the, liquid, two, Dave. the liquid death, Mark, you know, just you know, I, mean, I don't care. I'm going in. I'm gonna be drunk I off s- of what? I see this cry for help. <laughs> and I'm gonna just let you do you. <laughs> oh, high quality H two O right there, ladies and gentlemen. Liquid death. That, that's delicious water. Um, yeah, that was some bullshit. Uh, it was the same thing. We talked about it in pregame. These teams come in against the Bulls, each one of them, and that's not an exaggeration, except for Indiana, who got off to their uh, hot start in the third. But each one of them is getting off to a hot start, um, from, especially from the three-point line. Just lights out when they, when they start the first quarter against the Chicago Bulls. And then the Bulls have to – play the majority of the first half playing catch up uh, to these teams to get it down to single digits. And then they get to the third quarter and they look good and they take the lead and they build it a little bit, you know, to get about five or seven. And then something happens (laughs) like always towards the end of the third quarter, some big play happens to kind of sway the momentum, swing the momentum. And then in the fourth quarter, the stars take over as, as it, as it always has been in the NBA since it's been around for 76 years. Uh, yeah, it was it was disappointing, especially because, you know, Embiid has never lost to the Bulls. So now him being 12-0 and 0, and him having not a particularly great game was in foul a trouble pedestrian a pedestrian 25-7 yeah. from Joel. Yeah, not not the monster numbers he had been putting up against the Bulls, but he of course he hits the, the key three-pointer, which you guys heard me screaming do not leave the shooters. Do not give up a three. Do not give up a three. Do not give up a three. They give up a three, and it ended up costing them in the end. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was some bullshit. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I look. I, I'm not too mad about. I can see people in the comments talking about uh, you know the refs um, and these sorts of things. 
you know, we, we, we can focus on the, la- the 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 positions late in the game and those sorts of things. But to me, it's like the, the issue is getting down 19 in the first place. Like that should, shouldn't happen. And okay, maybe it happens in one game, but this has been a trend all season thus far. Obviously, it's a very short season, but virtually every single game, there's been some sort of theme like this where the Bulls defense just hasn't been engaged. They've given up not only a lot of three-point attempts, but pretty easy three-point attempts. And those teams are just making those shots. So uh, it, it's it's frustrating from that perspective because it's the same thing same thing every time. And it's always with the starters for whatever reason. Um, it's happening early in games. And then the team has to claw back and try to you know work themselves back into it. So it's just a recipe for disaster for, in that perspective. And I know Will was banging on about this yesterday after the Spurs game. But if you're going to be a team that doesn't shoot a lot of threes, don't, don't make a lot of threes, you can't afford to get down like this. Um, so yeah, it was cool that they came back and had a potential to win this game, and maybe they should have won this game. But I mean, they shouldn't have been, been uh, shouldn't have been down nineteen if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, and we saw the Bulls' defense get in trouble out of the gate. Yeah, the same story that we've seen several times already through the first seven games of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the the Harden Embiid pick and roll is very challenging for anybody to try to slow down. But the ways in which the Bulls' rotations were just a half a step late or a closeout late. Um, dug them that hole. Um, you, again, you, you got to give them credit for the way that they bounce back. And just, you know, to, to go back to your point about the Embiid dagger three in particular, Dave, mm-hmm. and how you've been harping on, you, you can't let leave leave these shooters open. You're like, yes, we know that Embiid is capable of hitting the threes. He wasn't the one stroking a lot of threes tonight. Mm-hmm. Tucker was hitting threes. Harris was hitting threes. Mm-hmm. Nyang was hitting threes off the bench. He got hot in the third quarter. Melton hit a couple. And it was a pick and roll action involving Caruso and Vooch yeah. there at the top of the key on that in, right. on that possession. And Vooch gets caught a little bit. Caruso's clearly now on the man, uh, on ball. So Vooch kind of had to close out. The only other help you may have been getting would have been DeMar from the weak side. And that was P.J. Tucker. And P.J. There. Tucker was in that corner. And mm-hmm. Tucker was two of two from downtown tonight. So did you really want DeMar to leave P.J. Tucker open? Because then you're just talking about Embiid seeing a quick little swing pass to a wide-open Tucker in the corner. Mm-hmm. Sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Nobody got to close out Embiid fast enough, but if you commit to that, you're you're leaving Tucker open. I, I, that would be fine if that wasn't a theme. Uh, it's been a theme of the Bulls, uh, not closing out on those shooters, uh, not having the right personnel in to close out on those shooters, I guess. Um, from the first quarter on, in every single game that we've watched, uh, they haven't been able to stop that uh, from anybody. And so, yeah, it, it just becomes more glaring when it's something like that, when it's the last second thing and it's the best player on the team uh, taking that shot. And, again, you know how he's a Bulls killer. I get it. P.J. Tucker, you, yeah, I get that for sure. The dude we did the breakdown about in the, in the pregame was Joel Embiid because he was the killer and then I told you in the last three games against the Bulls, he's shooting 58% from three. And he, obviously he shot 50% tonight because he was one for two. You know what I mean? Only took two of them, only hit one. But he has been the absolute monster uh, for, that, for that team against the Chicago Bulls. Um, yeah, like you're right, Matt. Like it's hard. It's a hard thing to look at and a hard thing to critique because of how great P.J. Tucker is from the corner. But like I said, it's just been a theme for the Bulls so far. And that's what makes it frustrating is they haven't been able to figure out how to solve that yet. Yeah, I mean, it is. And look, I, I want to be fair to the Bulls at the same time. Like guarding the MB pick and roll is just problematic more generally. I don't even know if the best defense in the NBA has a solution to that, let alone a Bulls team who, per Rob Schaefer, he had this, uh, this tweet during the game, the Bulls are 29th in defensive rating in first quarters. So... I, th- I think for most teams, they're going to run into those issues with with Embiid and Harden as that you know the pick and roll sort of and, and guarding that and the permutations that come with that. But I don't know. Like if, for me, it was less about the less about the defense tonight because sure there were defensive problems, but at the same time, like I think the Bulls did enough defensively to win this game. It was like I said before, that there's just uh, a lot of things out early on that were problematic. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is either. Like can. What what is the answer to that? Is that a lineup change thing? Is it a you know a coaching issue in terms of not getting these guys engaged? Maybe he is, but for whatever reason, these guys are just you know I, I don't know. Maybe they're slipping themselves. It's hard for us as fans to understand what the 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 answer to that question is. But seemingly, like the problem at the moment is the starting unit more generally, but the fact that the starting unit at, at the start of games is problematic. So 
I don't know what the what the what the uh, you know solution to that is because there was no wire tonight. Caruso came in. I wanted Caruso to be the starter this season because I thought he would be that linchpin defensively to sort of get guys engaged on the court. But even with Caruso in a point guard tonight, like that, they just didn't have it from that perspective. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is, guys. And that's probably the most concerning thing, to be honest with you. Uh, we've got some super chats going on in the comments. Uh, Solbro and Bacon McBaconator, I see you guys. I'll get to your super <laughs> chats a little bit later on. Too awesome. But I, a lot of people in the comments are talking about Zach right now, and I want to address it because Zach was also very much involved in how that fourth quarter didn't go the Bulls' way. So Evan had a super chat saying, Zach, missing open looks that max players must hit. Uh, Armando saying Zach looked like Denzel, not a max player, not a max contract player. Slow okay, down, Armando, bro. that's a step too far. Slow down. Like, stop trying to trigger people. Um, that's ridiculous. D- Denzel, like, got waved by the Boston Maine Celtics. Like, okay. Um, but there are more other people in the comments talking about Zach. Um, not that mad saying Zach missing two easy jumpers before the three was disappointing. Uh, Mac for a better tomorrow. Zach, so talented, but definitely wish he had a higher basketball IQ. Brian, Zach has a basketball IQ issue. He's a slasher and a shooter. Can't really create his own shot. We see you in the comments upset with Zach. And look, after the second of the two, Dave, I turned to you and said, Zach just took two weird, like not in rhythm, elbow mid-range jumpers from the left side of the floor. Yeah. Not at all his spot. At all. Not at all his shot. Nope. And on both of them, it looked like he wasn't sure if he wanted to, like, go glass <laughs> yeah. or swish them. Yeah. And he bricked them off the inside of the rim. Absolutely both right. times. Absolutely right. So, yes, when you're talking about Zach's late-game decision-making, this is, this is not a new conversation. We've been having this conversation for four or five years now. It reared its ugly head tonight in a way that was really tough to watch, mm. especially considering... On the second of those two bad mid-rangers he took, at least in my opinion, I'm calling them bad, he had Vooch wide open in the corner, yeah. and Vooch was knocking down his big boy shots tonight. Yeah. Oh, that was hard to watch. Yeah. Two of nine from the three-point line was, was Zach Levine. But you're right. When you saw him take those shots from, from that elbow, you know, your first thought is, wait, I've never really seen him take that shot. Like, I'm, I'm not used to him seeing that. That just looked weird. Um it was a little indecisive at times while he was out there. You're right. One extra pass to Vooch in that corner. Who knows? Could have made that difference for sure. Um, but, yeah, he just – and I think it also had to play into he wasn't getting those calls either. Uh, tonight when he was going to the bucket, uh, they were not making giving him those calls that he we saw him getting in the second half of the season. Uh, he wasn't getting them tonight. Uh, DeMar was, but, but Zach – well, actually, DeMar wasn't because he got fouled at the end and they didn't give him that call either. Um, but Zach definitely uh, wasn't getting those calls, and he was trying to be vocal about it. But, yeah, it just it didn't look comfortable. It didn't look like the right shot for him. Now, ball handling, Zach's never been that. Like, I'm, you know, I'm resigned to that. Uh, basketball IQ, I, I, we've talked about that before also, uh, his IQ on the show and things like that. Uh, but his shot was just completely off uh, tonight in the way he was taking it and the way he was approaching uh, the game. It just it just looked a little bit different for him, man. And it just could have been a bad game for him. So, you know what I mean? I'm not saying, like, this is a normal thing for him, and that's why I'm tripping on these comments, because this is not a normal thing. You'll say of Zach Levine doing this kind of stuff like this, guys. But, yeah, he it didn't look comfortable, especially those two shots he took, Mark. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, he, he was efficient inside, or at least from the two-point game, more generally. Uh, I, I think he's Overall efficiency tonight is better if he gets more calls at the rim. I thought there was a couple calls tonight where he should have got some calls at the rim but didn't for whatever reason. So, yeah, clearly his three-point shot wasn't on tonight. He's not going to be on every night from the three-point shot. Did he make some bad decisions at the end? Yes, okay. But the issue here is, I guess, the status of Zach Levine now. And and this was always going to be happen. Like On nights that Zach doesn't have it, particularly now with this whole injury thing, not playing back-to-backs, or at least for now, at least, on the back of coming off an off-season where he's been given a five-year, $215 million contract. I don't necessarily subscribe to this thinking, but you're going to hear this all, after every bad Zach game. You're going to hear the same stuff. Like, we, we, we paid this dude $200 million. Why is this guy not playing every single game? Like, this is just the nonsense we're going to hear every single time. He just doesn't bring it. He had a bad game. Well, not even a bad game. He wasn't good. But, uh, you know, 
irrespective of that, if he's not playing at an all-star level, if he has one game off, irrespective of that, people are going to go nuts about him. Because like, that was the tendency regardless before of all, before the contract, before the injury, that people had this, uh, you know, this, this, this want to, to, to trash Zach on some fundamental level like that. That's just going to be amplified this season every time he has a bad game. So and this is not me justifying him, uh, you know, his bad decision-making or all those sorts of things, but am I surprised people are going nuts at him? Not at all. Yeah, very he, predictable. You were shooting right. He was shooting what fifty eight percent from three coming into this one. Like that wasn't going to last. I don't, I don't know if y'all thought that was going to be a thing, but that wasn't going to last at all. But him going two of nine is not going to last either. Like you yeah. know what I mean? He's just not bad on those kind of things. The dude is a good basketball player. They, that's why he got the contract he did. But yeah, you're, you're right, Mark. That's that's going to come up more often than not when he's having those bad games. The, you're going to hear about his contract all season long. Every single bad game he oh, has. Man. That contract is going 100%. to come up all season. Right, because it's yeah. the new hot thing for angry Bulls fans to talk about. Yeah. Last season it was, we gave up all of this for Vooch, right. and this is all he's given us? Yeah. You know, it's it, Zach and that contract is going to be that new thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the new Vooch this year uh, because of that contract. Uh, shout out to our guy Lara in the comments who said, we can't forget, Zach didn't have any five-on-five reps this summer. It's going to take some time. Um, and it was not an atrocious game from Zach. Eight of 19 is not terrible. No. He did probably not get the benefit of the doubt on a couple of plays, he did you know, officiating-wise. He only took two free throws. Probably should have been six or eight. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. yeah, like you said, Dave, two of nine, uncharacteristic night from Zach behind the arc. Yeah. The thing that I did have an issue with were those two mid-rangers he took late in the game because that's yeah. not his game. Correct. He plays around the perimeter, and he plays at the rim. Yeah. That is who Zach Levine is. And those were tough shots to watch him take and miss in key moments of the game. Yeah, sure were, man. And, again, like, there are many reasons why they why they lost this one. I'm not going to hamper on Zach uh, about it. Uh, did what he could out there. Like, when guys aren't getting those calls, it changes the way you play. It changes the way you take certain shots and do certain things. Um, and I think you saw that from Zach. But, you know, like Mark said, like you said, like he wasn't like he had a terrible night. It was just an off night. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference you know what I mean? between bad and off. And it just felt yeah. off. So you knew it was when he started taking those shots that you're pointing out. Mm-hmm. When you start doing things nobody ever really seen you do. Um, even in that two for one that he took, you know, in that second half where he took that way long three-pointer. Oof. I know why he took it. I got it. But it still was like 30 seconds left. And I'm like, you could have stepped in and got a better shot than that. But I got why he did it. Um, and again, it's hard to come at the man who was shooting 58% from three. I'm like, all right. Well, I guess you're allowing one of those Steph Curry range shots when you're that hot to see if it can continue. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was a tough night for him. Just an off night for Zach. But I expect him to pick that back up, honestly. Yeah, 100%. And look... In isolation, losing to the Sixers by a couple points in a game where you were down big, you got back into this game, you probably could have won it and maybe should have won it. Like in isolation, this is actually a pretty good game from the Bulls. But what makes this hurt maybe more than it should? And it's not Levine's play at the end. It's not that maybe even getting down 19 early in the game. It's actually losing to the Spurs last night. Like, okay, you can losing a game to the Sixers. There's no shame in that. The Bulls have been owned by Joel Embiid for years now and this was actually probably actually one of the rare ones where they were actually competitive against him but like the issue here is you go winless over the weekend and you've got a really tough november uh, november schedule coming up so i could i could live with this loss and obviously i will live with this loss tonight but it just it just becomes more problematic because you had a really bad game against an inferior team like the spurs yesterday one that you should have won one where they played much worse yesterday we should be more angry about the spurs loss than we are today assuming people are more more angry about this one. So in isolation, I'm not actually too concerned with this game because I thought the Bulls actually had a pretty good showing. And similarly to last year, like had this been the team of last season, get down 19 early to the Sixers, there's no way they're coming back in this freaking game. But they got a way to get back into the game. So that is the positive. But, you know, if we want to look at, talk about negatives, the fact that, the fact that the Bulls are now three and four, where they probably should be four and three, had they taken care of business yesterday against the Spurs. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's why people have said, more today, Mark, is because you're still yeah. feeling the effects of what you went through yesterday. So it's more yeah, like yeah. a pile on, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, than, than anything. And again, it feels more like a pile on in a game that was very, very close that you had another opportunity to uh, get a victory from. So yeah, it just it just it just stings a little extra knowing that you were that close to it and knowing that you lost the game the way you did yesterday. Yeah. We've uh, 
we've got some more super chats to get to in the comments. Uh, Soulbro McBaconator, you're on deck, uh, and more of your comments. Keep them coming. Uh, hit that thumbs up button while we take a quick ad break here, guys. Make sure you're subscribed to CHGO Sports YouTube channel if you aren't already. Uh, the DraftKings king of the game will go to Mr. Nikola Vucevic. Hooray. A strong bounce back from him after an absolute poop fest last night. Poof. 18 points on 7 of 18, including absolutely red hot from downtown. 23 boards and your center once again dishing out several assists. I mean, love that. Uh, today's episode brought to you, of course, by DraftKings. Those wonderful people with that super fun and easy to use sports book. NBA fans, basketball is back and our official sports betting partner and an official sports betting partner of the NBA is DraftKings Sportsbook. That's where you should be. Because right now, new customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Free. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. Those are those parlays where you can boost your winnings up to 100%. Mm. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO to make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code C-H-G-O. What was it? C-H-G-O. Thank you. My hedging of happiness and gambling happiness and bulls happiness did not work out tonight, Dave. It did not, man. I was confident about the bulls either competing in this game and winning it mm. or getting blown out. Yes. So I took the Sixers minus five and a half. I boosted my odds. I could have just taken the line as it was, which was, I believe, Sixers minus three. And I was like, no, you know what? Boost, boost. Sorry, Bulls. Sixers minus five and a half. Sixers win by five. Best but, but bet bust. Bulls lose. Mm -hmm. Also didn't hit my Embiid over points, rebounds, assists yeah. because he had a quiet night. And poor Joey, my guy, was one Embiid point short of hitting on his bet. Those free throws. He missed two late free Both throws. Those free right. throws. Two late free throws. He sure did. Clanked them hard. Bad he night for betting. But it's okay because there's always tomorrow. It's all Got right, a full man. slate of NFL games. Oh, yes. Yes, you can do that, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to ask you twice with a promo code. I've been drinking. You know, somebody, somebody first of all, you, I went back me. there to see if one of the liquid deaths that I put in the fridge was in there. I was like, nah. you had both of them. I, I had the mango you gave me and then I but saw I put this one two, in the fridge. I put two. Oh, maybe one of the black. No, Hawks. I just took one. Maybe one yeah. of the black Hawks guys. I, I, mean, zero zero liquid I was about to come back in here while the show was going. You're a menace. big <laughs> I mean, I have seen him put down like five of those things. Yeah, tonight. seriously, it's not uncommon, sir. I, I, I can they, go through a gallon of water. Do they sell this water in a can down in Australia yet, Mark? Uh, I have no idea, but water in a can, that's an interesting concept. <laughs> I, I, actually, I don't, I don't know if we do. I, I, don't know, I haven't seen that. Maybe It's they called do. liquid got, like, death. Way too much water. And it looks it, like a can of what would be either malt liquor or a gross-ass energy drink, but it's just water. Are you serious? I assumed it was beer. Oh, no. Yeah. No, this is water, Mark. The tagline, Mark, is murder your thirst. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you got taps in there or something? Sure. Big Dave is too good for drinking out of the tap. Yeah, I don't do tap, bro. No, no. Don't, don't, do don't get me started, don't, Mark. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. I'm going to break it down oh, for you, sir. I will send you some literature. <laughs> Shady Rays, damn it. <laughs> you need, I needed some sunglasses after this game. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I needed some today, man. And Shady Rays, if you need that, they got you covered. They can hook you up with some inexpensive awesomeness. They got you covered, man. Shady Rays got the premium polarized shades that work world-class optical clarity, sustainable durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle a tee. The best part about Shady Rays, they have that most insane protection program I call the Matt Peck program. That means if you lose or you break your shades on day one, foul, shades on that hat, crush, destroy. Guess what? 
They'll hook you up with a new pair. That's how they roll out there in Shady Rays. <laughs> Strong protection program, and they still manage to make quality there that is go. inexpensive and awesome. And you'll look absolutely great in them. I can't wait to get my pair, man. You know, Dude, me too. Order. I can't wait to get this pair of these Shady Rays, man. But for our listeners out there, exclusively for you guys, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use that code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. What's that called, Matt, when you buy one, get one free? I believe they called BOGO. Oh, <laughs> and you can get two pairs for the low, low of the BOGO of 54. <laughs> The Lolo Bogo 50 Lolo Bogo 50 Fogo. Oh, Mars. Ah! The Mars. The Mars. Liquid death. Big Dave is hammered right now. Hammered, man. I'm all hopped up on H2O. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you will find all their newest and best shades. Shady Rays. Get you a pair. Big Dave, no hat bucket if we're going to go in Studio B. It's yeah. It's like a, we're in a racquetball court. Agrees. He's, he's throwing that. Throw it very far. It's ricocheting yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's like a live bullet in here. I, <laughs> take cover. I got it. I, I feel you, man. But you know how he rolls, man. The rage comes, man. You can't stop it. Just being in a small room kind of makes it worse. I'm just a rage machine, <laughs> and he gets mad at everybody and you. <laughs> oh baby, just don't take my segues, and we'll be fine. <laughs> you still on this? Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Mark, you don't know this, but Matt is still mad at Joey for uh, taking the segue in the pregame. And Matt is still holding on to that. He has not let that go yet. I'll let it go at the end of the Matt tonight. holding on to unnecessary anger? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Joey had that uh, segue the other day. What, what are you doing, Joey? Just just coming and chiming in all the time these days. Yeah, man. Segway Spathus. Again. I did. I got way too cocky. They let me be a part of the show, and <laughs> they're regretting it. He was he was hashtagging himself like it was out of control, Mark. I was like, what's going on here? Like, all right. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Joey Joey deserves to get on every now and then. No, he definitely because deserves. Of the takes. He definitely he deserves to get Yes, agree. No, completely agree. Completely agree. It wasn't about He that. was the one. I, actually, stole, I stole Matt's fire. No, no. He was actually the one very upset when, when Caruso got that steal. And immediately when he started going up, he was like, why are you taking a three? Like immediately. I just, I thought it. that was a terrible shot. Yeah. I can't disagree. I was okay with it. I, I, I take that back, Joey. That was a fine shot. That was a bad take. <laughs> Don't, they never speak again on this podcast. Never speak again. That was a fine shot. That was never fine. speak again. It was it was fine. There's five seconds left. I understand not wanting to let the defense get set. It's just not. That's no, not. It was like nine seconds left. You have time. That's not how you want taking that shot. Fair. No, but at the same time, Levine and DeRozan were just sitting around the ring, and you're down three with a few seconds left. Yeah, right. It took scramble. Theoretically, play. enough time, but I don't know. He got the ball back for him. He earned that shot to me, in my mind. So I'm like, whatever. Cool. So and it. it I guess work. it was it because work. it looked like it was in the within the flow of things. Correct, Mark. Definitely. And like, yeah. you know, maybe if, if, if like, uh, is uh, Caruso spraying the ball out to DeRozan for a three, a better option really in that scenario? Like I probably only wanted in Levine's hand for a three at that point. But like I said, Zach was floating around the rim mm-hmm. at that, on that position. If you go back and watch it. So I'm, I'm fine with it. So uh, it is what it is. So for Shady Rays. Shady Rays. Dot <laughs> com. Uh, <laughs> All right, so going to back to uh, Solbro42, who had a super chat earlier tonight. Uh, Solbro said, this is the risk you run by resting players on the quote-unquote weak game of a back-to-back. You might just lose both games. Waterfall crying emoji. Yes, thank you, Solbro, for expressing how I feel. <laughs> um, it's, it's a fair question to wonder about. And, you know, we, we just dissected how we felt about Zach's game on the floor tonight. Mm-hmm. The other element to this back-to-back is the whole when is Zach playing and when is Zach not going to play story mm-hmm. of this season. And how long into this season will that be the case? Mm-hmm. Will that be the case for the entirety of this season? You know, Lero mentioned he's just getting his legs under him, didn't play any 5-on-5 five five this offseason. Mm-hmm. Zach also looked at times tonight like a guy who does not have his legs under him, mm-hmm. laying it up instead of dunking on multiple occasions, maybe not having that first step burst that we're used to seeing him have. And... Where is Billy, the medical staff, and Zach weighing the pros and cons of sitting him when they think they can get away with sitting him 
or sitting him because they feel like they must sit him and it's not a weighing pros and cons situation because you're right. If Zach plays last night, you're probably talking about the Bulls getting at least one of these wins instead of dropping both these games. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Like, I don't even really put the Spurs loss on Zach. I thought they should have won that game without him, uh, personally. I mean, of course, he's out there. You, yes, your chances go up exponentially of winning that game. But I thought they should have won that game regardless. Um, but tonight, I mean, it's the risk you're going to take uh, running a back-to-back. I mean, he's, he's going to have be dealing with the knee issue. He's going to need to rest at some point in time during the season. That is kind of how you do it. This is this is kind of how it works. You know what I mean? Against a lesser team, he's supposed to take that break. That's kind of how it works, especially in a back-to-back. Um, your team is supposed to be good enough to rally around that, you know what I'm saying, and, and beat these teams that you're better than regardless. Because we talked about it yesterday. They, they were the better team without Zach. They were the better team out there to win that game. So I don't put that one on, on Zach at all. They have to play better and win a game. Uh, without him, which they already proved they could do when we saw in the first game of the season. So we've seen it happen, and we know they can do these things. Um, but, yeah, it's something that you're going to have to deal with all season long. He is going to have to have these kind of knee issues. I hope I hope it's not something that's going to hinder his progression, you know, like as, as a player, as the guy on this team, because like we were just talking about with Mark in the last part, like every time he has a game like this, it's not the knee that people are going to talk about. It's going to be the contract, period. They're not going to say anything about his knee. It's going to oh, the 200. It's going to come up every single time. So, yeah, man, that's that's more of par for the course, I think, of him not playing a back-to-back. That's just kind of how it is with a guy who's dealing with a knee injury. I'd rather have him healthy than, than you know, forcing it like we saw him do his basically his whole career here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. This is just a classic case of people looking at results and not process. And if there's one thing that shits me to tears and makes me get want, want to become a meathead, it's this sort of thinking. Like, take a, take a step back for a second. Like, if we're, if we're being logical about this, like, what game would you rather Zach rest in? Would it be the Spurs game or the, the, the Sixers game? Or conversely, like, which, which one would you rather have, have him on? Like, the, the, the Sixers game or, or the Spurs game? Surely, we, we if the Bulls are to be a decent team, or at least a team that we hope they can be, you have to go in, you have to take care of business, with or without Zach against the Spurs. You can't give up 128, 129 points to the Spurs. That's why they lost. So I, I, th- I think from a process perspective, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. If Zach needs to sit games because he's not his knee's not fully there right now, then sit him against a lesser team that you should, be, you should beat, irrespective of if Zach's playing. And look, look, Devin Vassell didn't play for the Spurs last night. Literally before the game, they waived Josh, Josh Primo for reasons which we learned earlier today were really bad reasons. Yeah. That was not even a Spurs team that was close to full health. The Bulls should have smashed their ass, but they didn't. So, I mean, from a process perspective, they're not doing anything wrong here. Um, so long as they communicate fine with us as to, you know, Zach needs to rest here and there. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. They've been, maybe apart from the Miami game, that's probably when they weren't transparent and I was annoyed at that from a process perspective. But if I have to choose between Zach playing against the Sixers or the Spurs, I'm choosing the Sixers game every single freaking time. And had we won this game or had we won yesterday, we wouldn't be talking about this stuff. But if we're being honest, like the Bulls should have beat, beaten the Spurs yesterday, like irrespective yeah. of, of what happened with Levine. So it just, yeah. it just irritates me that we're having this conversation. It's so results-driven and, and it's silly. It is. Um, And, you know, who knows how many more examples we're going to get this season of Zach resting on one game of a back-to-back. And, you know, oh oh dear, the Bulls don't have that back-to-back go the way that they want it to. And then the big question about that becomes, should Zach have played? Um, Or which game should he have played in? And, yeah, I mean, it's a a not fun experiment uh, to go through. Uh, Meanwhile, McBaconator has a super chat. And shout-out to him. My favorite... YouTube username Bias. that we have come across. McBaconator. Bias. Yeah, of course. Uh, who says, the Bulls kicked themselves hard, but the refs called a damn home game for the Sixers, and I'm annoyed by it. <laughs> Ref standards, every game is an away game. They just don't get the calls all these other teams get. Um, I think it is fair to say that the Bulls did not get the benefit of the doubt at home tonight. I thought that there were more egregious calls that went in favor of the Spurs in last night's game than went against the Bulls in tonight's game. There was that one really tough call that they called a foul on Patrick Williams late in the game when Harden looked like he was the one initiating the contact there. 
Donovan Scoop. uncharacteristically had used his challenge already in the second quarter, which is wild. which he didn't win and didn't therefore did not have a challenge to use on that play. Hindsight would have, could have, should have. Um, look, have I thought the Bulls have maybe gotten hosed on a few calls so far through seven games? Yeah. Yes. Do I think it is by and large the biggest reason why, or even one of the top three biggest reasons why they have lost more games than they've won at three and four? Nope. Hell no. Mm-mm. I am never going to blame the refs first, and I'm never going to blame the refs if you're telling me to list the top XYZ number of reasons why the Bulls are losing. Unless you're Hugh Hollins. Well, don't get me started on you. <laughs> I'm still mad at Hugh. <laughs> but, and the, um, and the other reason why, Matt, is because the Bulls are shooting a shitload of free throws. <laughs> They're getting to the line. Okay? Like, that's what's happening right now. DeMar DeRozan had 12 shots. He had 10 free throws. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's getting to the line. In the first half, what, they shoot 19 free throws in the first half? Ended up shooting 29 total? Like, go look at those numbers, man. They're getting to the line, and they're getting opportunities at the line. Uh, I'm not saying the refs are making great calls. No, they're making bad calls uh, on a couple of those things. Like, yeah, that should have been a foul. Or, no, that's not a charge and things like that. But, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and blame them for those reasons. No, you. there are plenty of reasons to, that the Bulls control their own destiny in a lot of those situations. Um, and they just could not come through. Like, the Sixers were getting stuff on them that – that I thought weren't fouls, but it didn't stop st- stop Embiid from hitting a game-winning three. You know what I mean? Like, you still control yourself, at you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day, man. Like, that's that's really what it is. I can't complain to the refs. 100%. 100%. I mean, the Bulls had more free throw attempts. Uh, they made more free throws than the Sixers. Sure, there were some bad calls. Uh, did the Sixers get a better, a better call than the Bulls? Yeah, okay, I can agree to that. But exactly what you guys are saying, like, control what you can control. Did the Bulls do that? No, they didn't. I mean, I don't want to repeat myself and bang on about the start again, but like when you're going to give up five or nine three-pointers in the first quarter, that's significantly more of an issue as to why you lose this game than, you know, your ref's giving a bad call here and there. Uh, it didn't determine the game. The Bulls determined the outcome of this game. When you get when you get down 19 against a team like this, the chances of you actually winning this game are lowered. Yeah, they could have, irrespective of that, they still could have won this game, but they didn't. And it's far more on the Bulls than the refs. Is it a con- contributing factor, McBacon? Uh, yeah, it is. But to Matt's point, it, I don't even think it's top freaking 20 of, of the issues that the Bulls had tonight. So, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate the super chat, though. <laughs> Always appreciate the super chat. Um, all right, we have uh, the GOAT waiting in the wing. So, Mark, any uh, parting thoughts on tonight's loss before we let you go? And I know that you and Will are going to have a fresh Bulls HQ for the for the Bulls fans in, in our feeds on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, it wouldn't be a podcast or me appearing on CHGO without referencing Patrick Williams. Um, and I want to say, Pat was good tonight. Pat Pat was good tonight. This was probably Pat's best game of the season. I'm sure you guys will talk more with, about it with Will, but irrespective of the stat line, it doesn't read that well. Two or five shooting, doesn't look that great. No assists, only three rebounds, nine points. Okay, you, you look at the stat line, it doesn't look great. But Pat played 32 minutes tonight, and he played 32 minutes because he deserved to play 32 minutes. He was really good on defense, I thought. He was doing stuff, being active. He was active on ball on the offense as well. Like, there was plenty of opportunities where he could have just sat in that corner, weak side, like he has been doing for basically his whole career to this point. But he was actually getting engaged and more active and looked a bit more like the Pat that we saw in that last preseason game against the uh, against the, uh, the Bucks, where he was getting involved in the pick and roll as a role, man. There was, there was a number of possessions tonight when that was the case. So... Uh, yeah, I actually thought Pat played a really good game, and this is exactly like the minimum expectation I had of Pat this season. So he can, if he can replicate this game across the rest of the season, I won't be complaining about Patrick Williams anymore of this season. I thought he was good tonight. So I thought I'd leave you guys with that parting note, some um, some Pat optimism from me. Can we get that in writing, Mark? <laughs> hey, mate, I'll just check my Twitter feed. <laughs> I love it. No, there were some very... Pro Pat tweets in your feed tonight. I appreciated it. I mean, you call it like you see it. He's been playing better, and you're going to give him some credit from playing better. Playing better, yeah. Everybody, For follow sure. Mark on Twitter for all of his great Bulls analysis and Bulls okay. takes uh, at MK Hoops. And as I said, make sure you check out that CHGO Bulls podcast feed on Monday for a fresh episode of Bulls HQ with Mark and Will, and I believe a special guest that they're bringing in. Ooh, so, Mark, thanks for stopping into post game, buddy. Pleasure as always. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, take it easy. Peace. Later, bud. 
Oh, Mark K. Mark K. What a delight. Oh. Uh, we got we got a goat in the in the wings, I believe. Goat in the wings. Goat in the wings. Goat in the wings. Uh, yeah. Real quick, while you bring him in, Dave, give a shout out to our friends at Game Time. I will give a shout out to our friends at Game Time. Shout out to Game Time. Is that how shout outs work? Sure. Okay, we'll take it like that then. Because <laughs> it's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Because you know you want to sit at that 50-yard line. You want to sit courtside. You want to sit behind home plate. You want to sit in the floor seat to that concert. And you can do all that if you use the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. Because you won't find better deals this season, y'all, to Chicago Bulls games. You only find them at Game Time. Uh-huh. And it's created by the fans and it's for the fans and it guarantees the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, like I know you do, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is buying your tickets through that link in the description after you hit that thumbs up. Go ahead, hit that first, then get those tickets through the link in the description and join the 15 million people who have downloaded the game time That's app and going, score Joey. the best seats to all your favorite events. Because Matt, what time is it? Game time. Who? As we are bringing in Will to go Gottlieb, a great super chat to jump off the first thing that I wanted to ask Will about. And of course, it comes from our guy Salim of Bulls Gold, okay. who said, while the players deserve blame for the bad starts, this is a consistent issue. What is Billy doing as well? Mm. I think it is a collective issue issue mm. will the goat welcome into post game follow will on twitter at will underscore Gottlieb. everybody uh what do you think of this question from our pal salim will because i know that i've seen some tweets uh coming through my feed already tonight from billy's post game thoughts he was talking about this after the game i saw vooch talking about it after the game the slow starts what is up with these slow starts i just want to take a moment before i i get started here to Thank Joey in person for finally. I knew this is where it was going. (laughs) I knew it. I, 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 I something happened. I I, I have not been following Will on Twitter, even though I, even though, okay, so I'm convinced that Twitter is playing some sort of joke on me. Your Will is gaslighting me because I go to your Twitter page 10 times a day and it keeps coming back up with the follow, like, follow back. Like, keeps coming up like Big Dave and Matt Peck follow Will Gottlieb, but I'm like, I follow him too. So, I guess I don't. <laughs> he does. He does now. He rectified. Making me the, the worst guy in the world and the oh. biggest dick on this platform. You have hurt the feelings of the it's, goat. How dare you? It's only been nearly eight months, Joey. <laughs> Unfortunately, now the 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 bad part begins for you, where you actually have to see my tweets. That's really. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all downhill from here. Oh come on! Don't you want to see videos of Drummond raining threes in practice? I know I did. That's one of a million reasons why you should follow the goat on Twitter. This is true. That was, that was a fun one. But anyway, back to the game. Um, the yeah, starts. I mean, they just keep on getting. They keep on getting off to these horrible starts, and yeah. a lot of it has to do with just incredible shooting from the yeah. opponents. I think you can you can put some blame on defensive rotations. You can put some blame on, um, you know, just bad luck, right? Like some of these shots are just well contested, but they're they're just going in. It was another. Uh, six for 10 quarter for the 76ers on threes and then 10 for 20 in the first half. So, um, I mean, you're, it's just going to be very difficult to to be competitive in basketball games when your opponents are shooting like that. And I mean, it's a, it's a tough thing to, to blame the coach in those situations where it seems like you are contesting shots um, some of the time. You know, a lot of times there are breakdowns and I'm going to be writing about that for tomorrow. But um, yeah, it's just... These, these teams are shooting over 50% on threes. Like, that's just – it's not going to sustain. It's crazy that it's, that it's sustained this long. But it, it just – it's hard for me to put blame on Billy Donovan for something that just is so – it's such an outlier. Uh, well, we spent a lot of time talking about Zach Levine uh, in the game that he kind of had tonight. Uh, I think we were all – all three of us were kind of in the feeling that it wasn't a bad game. It was more of an off game uh, for Zach with – some bad shots in there down the stretch. Uh, what were your feelings on uh, Zach's game this evening? Yeah, I don't think he played particularly well. Um, another game with a couple of bad turnovers. Uh, I, I think the one shot that people are going to be critical of is the one where 
uh, he pulled up and I, I think it was to either tie or take the lead there late in the game. That pull up left elbow jumper. I was fine with that. Um, basically what happened was the Bulls ran a Damar Zach pick and roll. Zach slipped out. And I mean, that's just like a lethal combination because you can't really, you just have to decide, are you going to give Zach Levine a wide open three or are you going to let Damar cook on a mismatch? And they trapped Damar and Zach got there. The pass I thought was a little behind him and he was too far to just take like a normal spot up three, which I think would have been the best possible shot. Um, you know, some some of the media people were asking about, you know, could he have found Vooch in the corner? I, I personally missed that. I need to go back and watch it. But um, I, I was fine with that shot. It was tough. It was a little awkward. But um, he did start to heat up in the second half. I think the first half, his numbers were really poor, um, just did not look like himself at all, really pressing. Um, but he, he started to make some shots in the second half. So he's, he just – I think he needs to work his way out of it. So I'm not, like, upset with him at all for that shot. And also, um, if, you know, if there's one thing that guy does really well, it's score the ball. And so, like, you trust him to be able to do that when it matters. Like, he didn't necessarily need to be the one that makes the plays. That's why you have DeMar out there. You just need him to to put the ball in the hoop, and I thought it was a, a fine shot just having it not go in. Um, we got another uh, super chat here from Alexander, who said, "Hey, at least one positive: P. Will is looking more and more aggressive." We just touched on it before Mark uh, bowed out. Will your thoughts on what we saw from Pat tonight? I see Big Dave. What appears to be wiggling four alive toes? Got it, baby. Is that four alive toes? Wiggling that toe, baby. Wiggling um, the big toes. Pat, to go. Okay, you know what speaks to me as the biggest number, not biggest, but most impactful number in his box score? 32 minutes tonight. Colossal. Colossal. Including being on the floor at the end of that game. Colossal. Colossal stuff for him. Yeah, again, a, a game where the box score just doesn't really stand out. But if you've been watching all these games, you know that this was clearly his best performance. And we've seen now, I think two or three where it's gotten better and better each time. So pulse watch, I'm feeling it. Patrick is, is on his way towards, <laughs> towards having a pulse. I think today yes. was, today was the, the, the best one yet. Um, had some really nice rebounds. He had a couple of drives. I think he tr- got a uh, charge call on Harrell um, once or twice. Um, but I like to see him putting his head down. He got a rebound and went all the way down the court, um, pushing a fast break. I think he, he drew a foul on that one, got to the free throw line for four attempts. Um, and then he's like out there having to defend Harden a lot of the time. So I thought he played pretty well. Obviously, you know, you, you want to, you want him to be better. You want him to just take steps all the time. Um, but I think the pressure has subsided a little bit. And so you're starting to see, um, some of the good parts of his game come back out. And when you have guys like Javante and Derek Jones that can come in and play 10, 15 minutes, 18 minutes a game, that just takes so much pressure off of him. So I think we're trending the right direction. Obviously not, you know, blowing the top off with scoring or anything like that. But like Mark said, I mean, if he can come in and contribute like this as a role player and defend and, you know, hit a three and be confident shooting the ball, then I'm going to be very happy with Patrick moving forward. Well, Will, I have to ask you this, sir, but how did you feel when you saw the small ball lineups roll out there for the Chicago Bulls, sir? I loved it um, for, for many reasons. Uh, you know, we, we haven't been able to see much of it because Drummond has just been so good. Um, and so obviously he missed the game tonight. And, you know, it made sense, I thought, to try given, you know, the 76ers won. Joel Embiid was in foul trouble. And so Harrell had to play. Um, some extra minutes. And I feel like he's a, a big that you can sort of take advantage of with some of those smaller groups. So there were some weird lineups with like Pat and Derek out there um, and maybe like Javante or, or another forward in there as well. So uh, kind of funky, but like the way that both Patrick and Derek Jones operate as screeners and rollers, I think that you have something there and I want to see more of these minutes. Maybe it's just in spurts where like you can't really get away with them being out there for, extended minutes maybe it's not like a, a warrior's death lineup where draymond's in there and you can play 10 straight minutes but um i think they've got something and if if they can build some chemistry with that group and and the opportunity is right i, I want to see more of it uh do you have any ideas like if if you were billy um and like i, I, no know, I see Mar- mark k in the comments saying like unless someone has you know solution ideas for these slow starts and i don't want to hear anybody coming at billy for being the reason for these slow starts i'm just curious will if 
if you were in Billy's shoes, is there something you do differently, say differently, uh, roll out there differently to try to put an end to these slow starts that have the Bulls fighting like hell to climb back from, again tonight, a 19-point deficit? I mean, not that I can think of, to be honest. I, I can spend some more time just like putting thought to that. I do think there's something to be said for um, just that starting unit not playing at a super high level. I think last I checked, their net rating was pretty pretty bad, like pretty far negative, not even like around zero or anything. Like it, it was like minus seven, uh, which is really not good. And that's, I mean, that's your starting group. That's supposed to be the one that is out there putting up points and the bench is supposed to be like holding that lead or extending it if they can. Uh, so I don't think the starters have played well enough together. I think part of that is because they're not getting stops. When you have Zach and Damar out there together, it's just it's difficult to, to execute rotations. Like you've just got two guys that aren't going to do it at a very high level. Um, and when you're allowing opponents to take and make a bunch of threes, then you're taking the ball out from under the basket, and then you can't get out in transition. And it's just this this sort of cascade that I think when you bring in that second unit and you can run a little bit more, it sort of snaps out of that funk and they're able to put some points on the board and that sort of resets the the balance. But um, yeah, I mean, just as far as that one group, like they're going to be the ones that play together. Maybe, you know, maybe Javante in there instead of Patrick helps, you know, juice the, the fast break game. Bulls just did not get any fast break points tonight. I think Kobe maybe had two or four and that was it. Um I don't see them. Kobe layup late in the game, the one that he almost fumbled, was I saw on my Twitter feed their first fast break points of the game, and it was like midway through the fourth. Yeah, I mean, just not good enough for a team that that's what they want their identity to be. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about it, but I could see, you know, on games where Zach is out um, with the injury management, I could see them going with Io and Dragic back there in the backcourt to start games and maybe just Dragic, you know, quit messing around and bringing him off the bench. Like, let's let's get this guy in here and, and play with him as much as possible because when he comes in, good things happen. And that reflects in, you know, those lineup numbers and his plus minus and all that stuff. So um, I think a lot of it just has to do with pace and getting into just a funk too early on in the game. And just it's the cycle where they make a shot, you take it out, you can't run. You, like, have to create something – better off the bounce and that's just not what the Bulls want to do with Demar every single possession of every single game. Well, one thing that concerned me was in that fourth quarter, I saw the same issues the Bulls were kind of dealing with last year was when teams trap Demar, they don't know what oh, yeah. to do. Um what what do you what do you liking that to? Like I don't I'm I, I thought we had figured that part out. Like I thought we were done with that. Uh you get it to Vooch and then Vooch, you know, finds the open man. But it seemed like, you know, maybe they were just trapping him harder and sending the right people at him because he was overthrowing Vooch or guys weren't rotating correctly after the pass was given. Um, what 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 did you see out there since you were there live? Yeah, for, for one, I mean, there's a reason that this team brought in P.J. Tucker and D'Anthony Melton. And those guys are just so good at executing rotations. Uh, same with Matisse Teibel. Like, they just are magnets for the ball. You just – you have to throw – excellent passes so that they don't get intercepted. Um, and I think that's that's part of the reason why the 76ers team has such potential because their defense is now at another level that it just has been not good enough in, in previous seasons. So I think that's part of it. We saw a couple of plays where Javante or Derek Jones or Alex Caruso even were sort of the role man, the outlet pass in those trapping situations. And Vooch hit a corner three out of one of those from Caruso, which I thought was an interesting look. That actually pulls Embiid away from the from the screening action because you know Vooch is in the corner. He's not up setting the screen for Demar, and then also you know he can't really leave Vooch in the corner because he's hitting threes, and that opens up the rim a little bit more. So I like that. Um, but then that last play, I mean, we didn't see much of it, but Zach setting screens and slipping out of screens for Demar to close out games. I I understand they want to sort of keep that in their back pocket and um, not let teams really hone in on it, but. I mean, that's that's as deadly as you're going to get offensively where you just you either leave Zach open for three or you let DeMar get to his spots and hit elbow jumpers all day long, all night long. So I think um, moving Zach into that role a little bit more, uh, I, I do think Vooch is really good at making those plays, but he's also one of the more reliable shooters on this team, believe it or not. And so having him in the corner as an outlet there, I think makes sense. Um, 
I think it's also just, it's a feel thing. Like it's going to take some time to get back in the full swing. Uh, the 76ers, I think, trapped pretty hard more than some of these other teams, but it's going to keep coming because that, I mean, the Bulls have one guy that you know is going to get a bucket in these situations. And so defenses want to take that away. And until the Bulls can prove that they've solved it, they're going to just keep going back to it. Before we let you go, um, and one more reminder, make sure that you're reading everything that Will's writing for us at allchgo.com, including his thoughts on tonight's game. Uh, we just uh, teased it with Mark, but we'll tease it again with you. You guys have a fresh episode of Bulls HQ that's going to be dropping in our CHGO Bulls feeds on Monday, correct? Monday morning. And you're talking with uh, KLA Hoops. We're talking with Chris. He just started a new site called Swish Theory, so... We wanted to give him a chance to sort of plug that. And then also he and Mark were just really getting into it over Pat on Twitter. And so I was like, oh, man, we got to get Chris on here to just have a little back and forth. A Thunderdome. That, that is just going to be that is going to be something. But um, a lot has happened since then. I think, like Mark said, Pat's been playing better. Yeah. Uh, just it's an interesting, interesting situation at Power Forward. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, so we. Uh... We are two of many people who have been showering you with praises for your perfectly coiffed hair. It looks great in the bubble. It looks great when you're here with us in the studio. But I'm, I'm sure you took notice of the fact that Dave and I's old colleague and an absolute legend in Chicago sports media. And my friend. And our friend. Yeah. Mark Shinowski was filling in for Adam Amin on the call on the broadcast tonight with Stacey King. And I just looked at this picture that he posted with our guy Stacy and said, my God, that is still the Ew. most perfect, immaculate vibes head of hair mm, in mm, the game. I'm sorry, Will, mm. but Shanowski's head of hair will never be topped. Ron Burgundy would be proud. No offense taken. That is the... That is the goal. But I talked to Mark. <laughs> the game. I, I talked to Mark a little bit before the game. He said he wants to come back on the show sometime. So we'll hey, have to tell ready. him his adopted delinquent children miss him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th well, thanks for popping into post game and offering us your insights. We appreciate it always, man. Uh, I guess we will see you. Are, are they at Tuesday? home against Brooklyn on Tuesday, or are they in Brooklyn? No, yeah. they're in Brooklyn. Yeah. They're in Brooklyn. Also, so we will see you back in the studio Tuesday. I'll see you then, but just speaking of Brooklyn real quick, I just want to shout out Nick Friedel, who is my friend, our friend, everybody's friend, for uh, just go find the clip for really uh, staying after Kyrie on this whole saga of just Kyrie being Kyrie. Uh, very, very impressive journalism, and shout out to him, yeah. Shout out to Friedel. You were very political and kind in the way you phrased that. Kyrie, you're a fucking idiot. Shut up. Uh, good to see you as always, Will. Talk to you soon. See you guys. My man. Oh, man. I can't. Yeah. I, my phone's been blowing up with people being like, have you seen this clip? Have you seen this clip? I, I Apparently, Fredell and Kyrie went at each other in the post game after oh, the Nets game okay. tonight. All right. So that's burning a hole in my phone right now. All right. Uh, we are out of here for yeah. now. Um, really tough back to back. Really crappy weekend, <sighs> Dave. Two L's that could have been W's, maybe should have been W's. Ran through. And he is out of his liquid water. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Bring me more. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, if you want to check in and do a wellness uh, update on, on Dave, a wellness check uh, tomorrow, you can follow him on Twitter at PowBWLSports. Joey is at Joey Spathis. I am at Bulls underscore Peck. One more time, Mark is MK Hoops. Will is Will underscore Gottlieb. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Uh, Dave and I are off until Tuesday when yeah. we'll be back for pregame Bulls Nets, which looks like a very winnable game against the one and five Brooklyn Nets. Coming out 19 of 19. <laughs> yeah. Line, the first uh, and real quick, before we get out of here, one more super chat that I almost forgot. Uh, Shazane Saeed in the comments, I see you. No, we will not settle for mediocrity. Rough weekend, but we bounce back. As you said, we need to give credit for their effort in coming back. Give them the flowers for that. Come on. They get all that this. credit for sure, man. Still sucks. Still, still doesn't mean I'm not pissed. Yeah, still sucks, man. But hey, I'll be back. I'll Hopefully be back. That Tuesday. Drumming every day was going to get healthier with that shoulder. Right. We'll be back going soon. And another week means we're in week five of Lonzo Watch. I'm not getting my hopes up I just on that you, I just said you're in week yep, five. Yep, yep, yep. I didn't say he's going to be out there week six. I just mm -hmm. said, yeah, in week five. That's okay. all.
Yes, All righty. Um, tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central Time, tune in to CHGO Sports YouTube for CHGO Bears pregame. Bears. Bears and the Cowboys of Dallas. I've heard of them. Going at it. Uh, they're uh, America's team, supposedly. Really? <laughs> That's a thing? Nah. Oh. <laughs> Yo, are you Cowboys? Am I a Cowboys fan? Mm-hmm. No, I'm a Bears fan. Okay. That's the right answer. Mm. I don't know if he's telling us the truth, but that's I the right answer. Know. Why do you assume I'm a Cowboys fan? Hey, you're, you're a, a Texas, Texas person. Yeah, I went about. to school in Texas. I like every okay. other Chicago team. Okay. I don't like any Texas professional teams. Good. No Good. professional teams, just the college. Mm-hmm. Just the University of Texas Longhorns. That's it. Yeah. That's it. All right. Welcome. Uh, Welcome. Until uh, Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, Halloween weekend. Happy Halloween. Check out that Bulls HQ pod in your CSGO Bulls feeds on Monday with our guys Will and Mark and their guest Chris Amundsen. Uh, Until Tuesday, for Joey, Big Dave, Mark, Will, I am Peck. Appreciate you for tuning in. As always, Bulls Nation, hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. Love you. See you, Rebby. Good.